Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. A big show today, Kempi. How are you doing anyway, brother? You have a good weekend? Yeah, good, mate. Actually, I did. I did. I, uh, I worked all weekend. Um, we were meant to work Friday night, call the game, but uh, COVID struck again, so we got, we got called off late. But mm. I had a big meeting with the districts of uh, New Zealand Rugby League that aren't, weren't invited to the AGM, so I invited them here to SENZ. And we had a hooey in the, in the boardroom, which was awesome. Yep talking about the game in New Zealand and what direction we'd like to see it head because they're the people actually that are doing it. And then yesterday, mate, I uh, I went out to Murawai and, and chilled out and did a little bit of work out there and um, had spent the afternoon with the with the girl and, and enjoyed, enjoyed a, a couple of quiet bevies in the afternoon and, and yeah, wrapped nice. up the weekend quite nice. It was actually just really nice to chill out and... Um, have some have some time yesterday, so mate, really excited, uh, really excited about the week. Lots lots to talk about, of course, with the netball and the rugby and the mm. golf and athletics world champs going on at the moment. The young the young kid, mate, smashing the New Zealand record of his father's it was his, how cool is that? So he's run the hundred meters and he's broken a twenty eight year record. Is that Eddie and Nick Tia? Yeah, and it was his Ooh. dad's record, mate. That, I thought that was really cool. Like, how's that for banter, sitting there going, <laughs> I got you, I finally got you. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that t- with my kids. I used to do that with my kids. I'd race them for, I think, the, I think the, I stopped racing my daughter when she was 13 because yeah. I used to race them between the power poles. So we'd, we'd like go for a big walk and then between power poles we'd have a sprint that's about 40 metres. And I and at thirteen it was one all, and I said right best of three it used to be best of three, and I was thinking to myself, man, she's got me, she's got me, she's really got me, and uh, I beat her on the third one by a hair, mate, and that was it. <laughs> I called it off from then on. 13, 13 year old, I said never going to beat me again. So, oh, but I couldn't, I couldn't even, I couldn't even bloody walk between poles at the moment. Oh, it brings up memories. It brings up memories of my dad. He's um, always claimed he's still got the the highest uh, cricket score in our family. One hundred ninety six, not out. He reckons uh, back in uh, back in Hawke's Bay, and a forty over at Nelson Park. And uh, basically, if you if you top edge it and it goes high, it's going to go for six. That's how short the boundaries are. So I keep winding dad up. Um, but mate, he's he's cracker. I love those little inter house battles. I I, uh, I got close. I got a couple of hundies, but. 
Um, not, not, not close enough. Mate, to I got so many of those stories, mate. I'm the white hooded <laughs> champ at everything. My nephew, my nephew, and all of his mates, they're all 20. Oh, no, they're 36 now. So, this mm. is how long ago when they were growing up, they all grew up, we come back playing from overseas. And I'd, 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 we had the Tony Kemp Cup for everything tennis, <laughs> cricket, um, athletics, swimming, surfing, whatever. And I say, right, boy, ever since I had kids all the way through, so if I play cricket, I just hit sixes all day. These little four or five-year-olds that's growing up, getting beat, t- play touch, just bash them, throw them into the ground. And then um, <laughs> I remember they got getting to like 15, 16, and they started getting really hard to beat. <laughs> then 18 to 20, mate, they would come around and just say, rightio, out on the front lawn. And I was at that stage, I was like, mate, I've retired. It's over. <laughs> Sorry, boys, it's all done. <laughs> they wanted yeah. some payback. We've all got those little uh, those little morning uh, family championships for sure. I've got one at home. We've got the Dad Golf Championship. I've been uh, I've had it for about I don't know eight years since it's been gone. We play off the stick, man. I play every week, and uh, my brother plays once a year, and that's the Dad Championship. So he struggles to get that off. But mate, love the little interhouse competitions. Big show today, Kempi. After seven o'clock, we're gonna head over to the UK. He's a proud Irishman. That has played 95 times for his beloved island. Rob Carney would no doubt be proud as punch. He'll join us after 7 o'clock this morning. He'll be out at dinner with his uh, beautiful wife. And he said, I'll, I'll even leave the dinner and I'll go outside and have a wee chat. I said, mate, just tell her you're coming on the New Zealand radio show to rub it in. She'll be all fine with that. So Rob Carney's coming on after 7 o'clock. And, uh, yep. They're looking forward to having a chat to him. And then 7.40ish, we'll have our Choices Flooring Poll, which will be your time to have your say. 0800-150-811. Throughout the morning, anytime, give us a call. Or even better, give us a text on double eight double three on the Kennard's uh, Temper Bedpost text machine. And then, like I said, 8.40ish, we'll uh, change a wee tack and start talking some golf because uh, Cam Smith got the job done. 20 under to be a major champion champion golfer of the year at the Open. That is our show and no doubt there'll be lots of reactions on the text machine. One's come through from Adam Fahey. He's had a cheeky wee fill up on Cam. Let us know if you got on Cam. Louie, did you get on Cam? Um, uh, yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, do you want to roll that clip? When Cam Smith wins a major, and he will, I refuse to not be on him. I don't want to not be on Cam Smith the day he wins a major. So pretty much every major he plays on for the rest of his life, I'm having a, until he gets one, I'm having a bet. Yeah, that was last major. Um, that was the US <laughs> Open. And uh, somehow I've neglected to punt him. So <laughs> I've gone back on my word. I felt very good about him winning a major very soon, as you can hear by the confidence. That was the US Open. And uh, I just haven't I haven't even had a bet on anyone. I picked Louis Eustazen when we were doing our picks. I didn't yeah. even have a bet. Um, you know what? Usually when the stuff like this happens, I feel like FOMO. I don't even yep. care today. I'm so happy. I just, I can't stop brimming with, like, I'm just so happy for them. You know, he's shot 30 on the back nine there with against a crowd that wants Rory to win. He's had five birdies to start the back nine, and then this par save on 17 before birdieing again 18 in, a, in front of a crowd that is rooting for the guy behind him. Like, the mental fortitude, Daggy. Oh, mate, that is big. That is big, and that is clutch from Cam Smith. He is, mate, he just doesn't look 
rattled. I was watching yesterday's round, and hole 13, when he hits a drive, and he has to stand on the bunker, he has to stand in the bunker, he has to, he goes for it. He has a crack at it, because that's Kansas. He's he's very confident, and, and yeah, most golfers probably would have laid up and just tried to take the part. Anyway, he goes for it, shanks it into the into the rough, shanks it again, just short of the, the fairway, and like, has to take a, a bogey or double bogey, mate. And that could have rattled his open, and he could have been gone. But, mate, to be able to come from that, work his way back, and to shoot eight under on the final day, like you said, in front of the Irish fans. It's good to get one up over the Irish. Look, if anyone else was going to win, <laughs> if anyone else was going to win, I would have loved Rory McIlroy to get the job done, babe. But, mate, Cam Smith, he's been there or thereabouts. He's been a consistent golfer for a very long time, and I'm gutted I didn't pick him. Do you all know who I picked? I picked Colin Morikawa again. <laughs> Stay, <laughs> stay there, stay there, hold your line. And Ryan hold Fox. Your yeah. line. And, Fo- and Foxy. And Foxy. And they both missed the cut. Honestly, Sorry, boys, I'll stop just. If, if Foxy, um, <laughs> like if it wasn't going to be Foxy or Ben Campbell, Cam Smith was 100% the next pick. He's got the great Kiwi Sam Pinfold on the bag. He's just a good dude. He's, you know, Australians, Kempe, you're always quick to remind us Australians are, well, they're a funny bunch. But Cam, he just gives off all the impressions. And everything I've heard about him, he is just one of the coolest and most chill dudes. Just a good sort. Yeah, he does. He does. He looks like a really cool rooster, you know what I mean? It'd be nice to sit down when Pinners comes home, if they come back, and come and have a beer with us, you know? like He just seems like a really, really um, good bloke. Just they got some golfers, Aussie. They always turn in decent golfers out. And and here's the next one, Cam Smith, um, on his road to glory. It's not his last one, I don't reckon. No way in the world, mate. He'll get a a few under his belt. So um, I'm really happy for Pinners. Real Mm. happy for him. Hard. It was, yeah, it's like you you got... so you had Cam Smith, you had Adam Scott, who was there there about. You had Lucas Herbert, who actually came second at New Zealand Open three years ago, and awesome to see him going on there. Um, you got Brad Kennedy, um, who actually won the, <laughs> the, the New Zealand Open that year, mate. Like the Aussies are flying at the moment, and just yeah, it feels like, like honestly, because Sam Pinners is coming our show, and he's he's Kiwi and he's got a real good connection back to India. It kind of feels like the New Zealanders won the Open. It's pretty cool. I'm saying Anzac. So I said, Gav, Gav <laughs> Casey, our, our pal Gavin Casey up in Ireland said, no, this can't be happening. And I said, mate, it's time Anzacs are allowed to get one back on you this weekend. I can't <laughs> be all green this weekend. And um, great to see Alvin coming through. I got on cam at 20s, only a lazy fiver, but what a great start to the week after the doom and gloom of the weekend. Maureen at Glads. I put seven on cam smith at 20. That's from Richie. Oh, loving it. And remember in the players when he dunked it on the 18th, put the ball in the water and then stiffed his approach shot to within four foot, made the putt, saved, or made bogey and went on to win. So he's got the big apples, um, the minerals, as Marshy said on Saturday night. Hey, um, a good one there from Alvin as well after the doom and gloom of the weekend. And I guess, boys, that's where a lot of people's heads will be at today. I reckon I might just launch in with my can't wait question of the day. Can we do that? Can we get? Yeah. Can, should we just should we just fire it off? Yeah, can't yeah, wait question of the day. We're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna spin the rugby and skin the rugby, Kempi, like twenty different ways today, aren't we? So we gotta we gotta work through this bit by bit. I thought a good place to start. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kennard's higher phone line. Double eight double three. The Temper Bed Post text machine. What is your overriding emotion today? Like, what's your emotion and connection to the rugby? Like, where, where are you at emotionally? Like, what's your feeling? Let's start with the feelings. Let's get that out of the way. Like, just this bad taste in your mouth. I do, personally. There's this bad taste like, ooh. 
What's yours? Kimpy, do you have a feeling? 100%. Mine's relief. Mine's, honestly, it's like a, a weight has been shifted because it's not, there's no more talking about it and guessing what, what needs to change. And, and there needs to be some significant changes in the All Blacks, it's the fabric of this country, um, woven into every Kiwi. I think for me it's a, it's a sense of relief that actually when you watch the game and you've watched the series, you, know, you now know that you're on the money. So when you when you when you're talking about changes, you know, people have people, I've read a couple of comments from some really good people um, behind the scenes that have watched it and sort of feel the same way as I do, and I'm going, yeah, man, like I, I feel that relief. Interesting. When, now you can see it. Now it's happened. The the the, the issue for me is will it will it change? Because if you keep going, I'm telling you, if you keep going down this path, well, it's going to be a pretty short World Cup for us. Is he? Uh, look, yeah, I was I was pretty deflated. deflated. Uh, I was pretty, yeah, pretty gutted, um, lost for words, and you know, I, was, I just, yeah, I just couldn't believe what I was I was witnessing, particularly in that first half. I was shocked. I was like, what is going on here? Like, twenty two three, going into half time. So, I was at, I had a couple. Of, I had a beer with the the Irish lads after the game. Beautiful lads, mate. They are such humble, kind blokes, mate, and big boys. And I was just having a heavily chat, and and they were quite like blown away too with what what the All Blacks presented. They kind of expected different, you know, different, and and what they got was like kind of um, a bit of a like shock for them. They didn't. They were like, man, it was yeah, it was it was crazy. But yeah, for me, I just yeah, I feel I feel gutted. I feel shocked. And, and as a, as an old boy and a proud old boy, like. Um, you know, just some of the things that are happening right now and, and are happening to the brand and, and to the to the to the mana that, that the All Blacks have done for over a hundred years. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's quite sad if I'm gonna be completely honest. And it's gonna be a huge week. Huge week. Um obviously last week I, I come on and I, I backed Fozzie. You know, I, I backed Fozzie. I I've, I know I've been coached by him and he was an assistant, so he was hands-on, more hands-on. I said, look, this is a big weekend for the assistants. This is a huge week, huge couple of days. These next two days will be interesting. The one thing that I was really sad about, um, Louis, and I was really disappointed in, was yesterday when they cancelled the, the oh, media wow. conference. Um, you know, like, you, you win thing. You go out there and you're happy and you you, you, you chahu and you, you say all the good things, but when you lose, you've you got a front. You got to front, and you, and you know to not front and get everyone from the media there. You know this is their Sunday; they should be at home, spending time with their families. But no, they've gone out and they've cancelled the media conference last second, and that to me just is is a cop out. Bad look, and um, bad look, mate. Bad look, and then your CEO has to come out, who has come on the show and said, you know, we want the all uh, the all blacks to be more more accessible and. Yeah, it's it's just not great, mate. Like the brand is constantly just getting dented and damaged, like every single day. So, look, it's um, you know, even last week, I, I got pretty fed up on Friday when we, we got cancelled a, a interview ten minutes before we had him. You know, like what's going on? It don't be like that. This is our team. I'm an ex player, and that doesn't mean I should automatically have access. But I'd say it should draw some cards.
Oh, daggy, I feel like you've summed it up probably in that three minutes. Don't better you know than, who I am? You've, you've actually just mirrored all of my feelings in one there, is he? It's, it's, you know, you're so right. Like, on the field, it was one thing. Let's talk about the game for the first hour at least. It is shocking. But then the PR disaster of cancelling a media conference and having the unprecedented state, your CEO making a statement on a Sunday telling us that it's unacceptable when Ian Foster's reaction after the game was, I don't think New Zealanders realise how good this Irish team was, which we might not, but that doesn't make it that we shouldn't be disappointed in our team. It's a PR disaster everywhere you spin it. Shocked, deflated, relieved, sheepish. Here we go. While the fallout has only just started in New Zealand for the first series home defeat since 1994, the celebrations will be still going strong for our Irish brothers and sisters who executed the perfect series to cap a season which ends with them being world's best-ranked international team. Rob Carney wore the Irish green nearly 100 times for his country, and he knows how much this will mean. Rob is on the line. Robbie, thanks for joining us, brother. Good morning, brother. The celebrations are still going on Ireland. <laughs> tell us, mate. Tell us, mate. Give us a little insight to what's going on in Ireland. Is everyone just really pumped for what they just witnessed over here? Yeah, everyone's unbelievably pumped. Uh, you know, to be honest, I, I don't think too many of the Irish people expected it. Um, the pubs were open early in the day, and you throw in probably one of the warmest days we've had in about 10 years, a grand total of 25 degrees or so. So people got on the juice and got pissed up a little bit quicker than normally. Um, but it was, it was, it was awesome. You know, there's, there's a massive, massive buzz in the country over it. Hey Rob, congratulations, mate. The, the Andy Farrell factor, how's that, uh, you know, how's that held over there at the moment getting this uh, win, the series win down here in New Zealand? Yeah, it's it's he's held in in a high regard before this series, uh, but I, I think you know the, the last few weeks have really you know pushed him on to a new level. His his record with this Irish team is is brilliant. His record against the All Blacks in particular again is really strong with his British and Irish Lions, and then taking English defensively. Um, and you know he, he had a pretty tough when he first came in because he had to step into the shadow of Joe Schmidt, who, as you guys know, is you know possibly you know one of the greatest rugby coaches in the world. Um, and he, he wanted to put his own stamp on things, change things, and, and it took time. Um, but you know, thankfully, you know for him, the players got to know the new system. They could look really comfortable in it, and, and, and the public are reaping the rewards from it. Mate, world number one. World number one ranked team in the world. As a proud Irishman, played 95 tests for your for your country, mate. You've done it. You know you did some amazing things for for the Irish rugby team. But have you sensed this has always been coming with with what Ireland have been putting together for the last few years? You think this has always been you know on on the radar? Um. Yeah, yes and no. You know there was there was some stumbling performances. You know, two years ago in the Six Nations and, and this year's Six Nations was pretty good. I think it hasn't really been until the performance against you guys when people start to think, okay, this team can, can really start to complete, compete now, um, you know, consistently. You know, the, this team has been ranked number one in the world before, just before the last World Cup. And obviously, mm. um, you know, we pretty much have had a little bit of a flop at that. We lost to Japan and then we got pumped by you boys in the quarters. So, you know, I think it's pretty good for the team that they know 
a lot of them have been a part of a number one ranked team in the world, you know, just over two years ago. Um, but the, the big thing for, for Ireland and, and for rugby in this country is, you know, it's all now about advancing past the quarterfinal of a World Cup because that, that, that is a big monkey on our back. Yeah, it, it is. And, uh, geez, by watching how you guys have gone down here, Rob, I'm pretty sure that you'll achieve that. What, mate, watching the All Blacks, what, what surprised you the most about the All Blacks and their performance over the series? Um, oh, mate, I think, you know, you, you normally expect such a rock-solid, strong set piece from the All Blacks uh, that wavered at, at times, you know, to, consistently to, over the three tests. You know, you expect them to be really strong off starter plays. You know, some of those set set piece um, power plays that that broke down in the first or second phase on numerous times is something that that you wouldn't really expect from the team. And um, probably defensively, even the third bit, I think Ireland Ireland caught you guys on the edges quite a bit. Normally, you're so strong defensively on the edges. Um, you know, so that they would probably be the the, the three biggest areas that that I, that I would have seen a, a decrease in you guys over the last year or so. Yeah, I, I noticed that too, Rob. Uh, the power plays offset pace uh, offset piece is just non-existent at the moment. We just have no creativity. The passing's probably lacking execution. Yeah, it just stems, mate. And at the moment. Uh, we're not playing too great, but you can't take away from Ireland. They thoroughly deserve their series win. They've come over here. They got brought a physical presence, and they brought a guy that you've played with many a times, Johnny Sexton. Johnny Sexton, bringing up a thousand points, mate. What an absolute champion he is. Has he got much more juice in the legs, mate? He doesn't look like he's wavering at all. No, he was he was superb on this tour. Um, you know, this season. He's played some incredible rugby, and and you would argue as as good a rugby as he's played over the course of his career. You you, you do wonder about the legs a little bit. I tell you what, in the second test, he made one break up the, back down the touchline, and he was not slouching. Um, you know, you look at Will Jordan's try at the weekend. Okay, Will Jordan scored him and took him on the outside, um, but the the gap wasn't. <laughs> You know, as, as if Will Jordan was running against a 37-year-old. So, you know, he's he's improved enormously. I, I like the position of of number 10 very much to a quarterback in in American football. You know, you just see things a little bit quicker with the experience, yeah. your decision making at the line, regardless if you've got two, three, four options, you take the right one, and 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 that's something that, that I'm seeing really good from him at the moment. Hey, Rob. So so. Have they got anything else to add to this Irish team before the World Cup that will make them stronger? Yeah, of course. You, you know, the coaches and players will, will obviously analyse it and they'll come back and say, we still have a huge amount of growth areas and we have to work on this, this and this. Um, but, you know, on, on the basis of that game at the weekend, they're, they're playing some pretty good rugby at the moment. So, mm. you know, for, for the naked eye, it's 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 hard to to look in and, and say that this Irish team has a real weakness in one particular facet of the game because I don't think they do. The challenge for them is just can they maintain it, you know, over the course of the next 18 months and slowly build on each different piece as, as every month goes on. May mate, just quickly before we let you get back, I know you probably got a nice steak ready to, to get into and, and the wife and the partner's probably telling you to hurry up. Quickly before you let you go, Joe Smith, he's in New Zealand, he's going to be a part of the All Blacks uh, coaching environment. What will he bring? What will he add uh, that will be um, very, very good for this uh, All Blacks outfit? 
Yeah, he's, he's going to be a huge addition, is he? He really is. He was the coach that I, I worked with most throughout my career. Um, mm. You know, the, the, the little things that, that, that we saw at the weekend from the All Blacks team in terms of some of those starter plays breaking down, uh, I thought the attack was very lateral at times. It wasn't those sharp, hard angles back at the ball. Yeah. They're the sort of things that, that, that he will bring uh, into this into this team very quickly. He'll highlight the the real key players uh, in your back line and, and he'll orchestrate some really creative power plays to make sure that they're getting the ball in guaranteed space, you know, at a particular time in a game. Um you know, so so he'll he'll ram home the basics really really hard, uh, and and that's probably the the area that the you boys have just slipped up somewhat yeah. over the course of the last six twelve months. Just the real basics of the game, and and you know I think everyone appreciates in the world that once the All Blacks get those basic things right, they're very difficult to beat. Um, so if if he can bring an element of that back into your team, I think you'd be well on your way to to climbing back up that ladder. Well, your music to everyone's ears in New Zealand at the moment, mate. They'll be listening to that and they'll be getting inspired because you're dead right. They need the basics done well and they need some variations and some inspiration for sure. We'll let you go, Rob Carney, mate. You're an absolute champion. I appreciate you leaving your dinner. Tell her I'm sorry and I'll buy her a drink when I meet her one day. And uh, <laughs> your body. Always great to chat to you, Izzy. Always great to chat. Yeah. Have a good you're a day. champion, Rob. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Love that little spiel at the end there about Joe Smith, lads. Yeah. And I also like, I also like how he said that they've got plenty of improvement. Man, how mm. good can they get? Like, that, that was, for me on Saturday night, that was very impressive. The way that the yeah. way that they defended, the way that they attacked, the way that they made the All Blacks think that they had nothing, so they had to bomb. When was the mm. last time you saw Centrefield bomb? Oh, Kimpy, it was it was actually insane watching the the way the All Blacks started the game. And Izzy, I want to ask you about that. Uh, just a message from Barry. Hi guys, now we know how the Irish supporters must have felt waiting waiting over a hundred years to beat the ABs in a series. Ireland totally deserved this series win. And Barry, it's a really good point. We're going to dissect the All Blacks and skin this so many different ways today. But in no stage are we taking away from what Ireland has done. Ian Foster, we do understand how good of a side Ireland is. Okay, let's park that. How is he? Did it take till half time till the All Blacks started going direct? Rob said that the, the attack looks lateral at times, side to side. In the first half, if they weren't going side to side, they were going up with up and unders, as Kempe said. Why? Why did it take till half time that they realised that actually those short to medium channels was where they were going to get the go forward? Oh, I don't know. I don't know why, uh, Louis. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't explain. You know the what, what's going on out there. And uh, for me, when you go lateral and when you wait, is because you you're 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 under so much pressure because defensively the team is coming up and really putting you under pressure. And every time you get the ball, you're getting smacked in the nose. So you go into your shower and you're not seeing things. And when you just seen a great, I spoke about the great green wall of of Ireland. That's what it was like out on the weekend. There was no space. The only time they got broken was individual brilliance and the one from Will Jordan and Akira Iwani. But other than that, they were just getting nowhere. There was no ascendancy. There was nothing. There was just, it was just tough going. And when that happens, you go into your shower and you just resort back to what you know best, and, and that's the kick. So whether that was part of the game plan, I'm unsure. On the weekend, I was like, why are you kicking it? You're around halfway. You want to hold the ball to Ireland? What's their number one thing that they do really, really well? They build pressure. 
They build momentum. They hold on to the ball. Their ball retention is world class. That's what they do best. They don't give you any opportunities. So why kick it and make it a 50-50? And most of the time we weren't catching it because the Keenan and Mac Hansen, the guys at the back, were doing a great job in the air. So, yeah, it's uh, it's mind-boggling, to be completely honest. But, um, mate, that's what pressure does to you. I thought, yeah, team I, pressure. I thought that pressure, mm. you're dead right. I thought that pressure was shown on Plumtree's face when he spoke at halftime. Like, mm. we wanted a, a coach to come out at halftime and say, yep, we've addressed these problems and we know what we're going to do when we go out there. He was spluttering and stuttering and didn't really know what to say, which leads you to think that he didn't get that message across to the team um, at the beginning and, the, and during the game. Like, some of the stuff that they did, like Louis pointed out, that illusion, that defensive illusion that cre- creates you to go to the air, to go lateral, to try and go around them, um, they should have picked that up w- like in the first test, not the third test. So the players are frustrated. That's you know, When Louis asked that question, why did they do that? Because they're frustrated. That's what that defensive pattern does to you. It frustrates you, and you go to things that are like in your repertoire are way back that you've never used before. A midfield bomb. That The other thing about their back three, they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> they're, they're, they're two wingers and their fullback are really good under the high boards. As soon as they put up, I mean, what did you do that for? Well, they must have identified something during the week. Oh, to be a fly on the wall of the All Blacks dressing room at halftime, as you mentioned, Kempe, because who was it that decided that they were going to change the way they play? And who, because that person that it was has to be instrumental in the move, the go forward of where this team goes next. There's a great text here. Do we want to acknowledge the impact of South Africans leaving Super Rugby, the physicality they bring and getting our boys conditioned to that? I can't help but think this will only get worse as we keep playing Aussie only year in, year out. James, we've used this phrase here on this show, a rugby echo chamber, is he? Are we stuck in a rugby echo chamber through COVID? And I think that's a really good point. Let's um, go to the phone line, though, because we've got Richie from the Carpety Coast. He reckons he knows where the All Blacks went wrong. Where would it be, Richie? Mate, they just didn't have the desire. They, yeah, you look at when we're in there 22, how many turnovers did the Irish t- do, you know? Yeah, they, they turned it over, I don't know how many times when we're right on their line. And we, uh, to me, the boys just don't bring the physicality. Um, you know, you had a couple of players, Artie, Akira, you know, that wanted to play and they wanted to be physical. But even Bowden Barrett's more dangerous when he runs at the line end. I just didn't see that from him. I, mate, I'm, I'm more baffled. And look, I think if we need to make changes to the coaching staff and players, we've got to make it now, not, not next year when we're in World Cup in the World Cup year. It has to be done. And I agree with Kempi. We need, we need a defence coach from league. You know, look what Argentina have done. They've brought in Kidwell. It's, it's yeah. I don't know, mate. It's just it was, you know, you can't take any way, anything away from the Irish. They, they had game plans. They just didn't have one game plan. They had a couple, and, and they used it to perfection. Yeah, you're pretty on the money there, Richie. And, and look, uh, if I'm going to be completely honest, that that, miss, that media um, conference that was cancelled, there's something a bit fishy there. There's something a little bit fishy there. When he walked out, there was a comment from Fozzie when they asked him, why did you cancel the media conference? He had no idea. So, yeah, there's something a little bit fishy there. But passion, desire, yeah. It will it will be questioned this week. And hundred percent, I know the players will be hurting. They will be hurting. And you know, you got Sam Kane, and he'll be sitting in there, and he'll be going home to his family, and he'll be just going, he'll be blaming himself, mate. I've been in that position. It's horrible. It's horrible. Like I said last week, you don't intentionally go out there 
to play bad and play poorly. There's just something amiss at the moment, and um, there'll be a lot of questions being asked this week, no doubt, because got, you've got to remember, they're going to South Africa, and they're playing South Africa twice. This could be one from seven. Pretty crazy times, but a big out ahead, Louis. I'm looking forward to ripping in. you got a few uh, questions there you yeah. want to throw out? No, I do. I, I want to hear from you on 0800 811 around captaincy and on-field leadership. A couple of examples for me, um, Kempi, and, and look, Artie Savia played the game of his life, but the two times the All Blacks scored and put pressure back on Ireland in that second half, the direct play or f- sequence of play afterwards, Aaron Smith came around the back of the ruck and gave away that penalty, which allowed Johnny Sexton to have a shot at goal. Um, and then Adi Savia came around the back of the ruck when they're on the five-metre line after Will Jordan's try, and they scored that rolling ball try off the back of that. And they are two of your leaders on the field. So what I'm seeing is not just Sam Kane and a golf and on-field leadership from the captain. I think they're all discombobulated together, which says that the, the mix isn't right and calm heads aren't prevailing. So I want to hear from you on 0800-150-811, as well as the coaching setup. How would you restructure the on-field leadership setup, and does that mean moving the captaincy? And, and Kempi, from a coaching perspective, how would you and can you, what techniques and tactics can you use to rework that? You know what people talk about when you say you're losing the shed? It's not losing the losing the changing rooms. It's basically the, you're, you're, you're not operating at full confidence, you know what I mean? So when you've got a captain who's been replaced, I don't think Sammy needed to be replaced, and you've got those decisions that you said that, Aaron Smith and Artie have made like what does Artie do the ball's popped out the back and he he goes through and picks it up like I thought that was a 50-50 call Um, but what you what you get is in amongst all the stuff we're talking about coaching and stuff like that then you get the captaincy with Sam Kane that has always been considered the captain you you know got to give him a fair crack at it Um, you get all this all this lack of confidence going on and it needs to be sorted out Personally, I think what's going to happen is today Robinson's going to call a review. I think Shag, Ted and um, Wayne Smith are going to be called back into the room with Grant Fox and they're going to work through this with the current all-black structure. I think that's the that's the common sense move um, from the CEO is he puts a team together uh, on a review and they'll, they'll name it, they'll call it the, the Irish review. Um, we need to sort it out and then they'll come up with a structure that needs to change right at the top. And I think once you, once you, once you sort through that, the captaincy becomes part of that that question. Who is your captain? Mm. Yeah, I, I actually, there's been a few questions come through about the players, and, and I, I actually don't think this is a player uh, problem. I don't think this is a depth problem. We've got quality players. Mate. You go through that team, they're all classy rugby players, and they know how to play the game, and, and that team could be anyone on their day. This is more, like you've just said, Kempe, this is the backroom, this is the understanding of where the game plan's going. We've got the quality there, but I just don't think... The direction. Look, I've, I've I've spoken about lots. I just think the pressure is in the backroom and and the assistants at the moment that they've got in there haven't done a great job. They haven't given them the tools necessary to go out there and perform to the All Black standard, to the way that we uh, traditionally see the All Blacks playing. And uh, that's where I think changes will be made, and um, be interesting to see where they go. But they, like you said, there's going to be a huge week, big week of meetings starting today. Today they start, and a little bit of transparency would go a long way with the rugby public at the moment. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of tension, Kempi. Remember what they we, said. We went to that, didn't we? We went to that. No, we sat there, Izzy. We sat there, I, and I thought, mate, this is going to be a long day. But the first thing that came out was we want to be more accessible. We want to take risks. Yeah. We want to take risks. Mm. We want to be more accessible. And when they called the can't the kick to can that that media conference, I was like, well, you can't be more more accessible when you're canning. Um, 
mm. uh, media conferences. So, so as well as taking risks and being bold, they need to be transparent and they need to respect the rugby public of New Zealand. So there's been lots of texts, as you pointed out, Izzy, about Aaron Smith, Cody Taylor, for a couple, a couple, for example, questioning the players. But Izzy's addressed that, so we can we can just with so much to get through here. So bear with us. A couple of messages around Leo McDonald needs to be involved with Razor and Joe Schmidt. Now that's not the first time that's come through this morning, and I think you're, you're kind of starting to get towards an innovative coaching group that would be able to do great things with a mix of experience. Joey's in Auckland. What do you think, mate? What have you got for us? Yeah, g'day, boys. Yeah, look, the first thing you know comes out in, in my mind is, is when the coach turns around and says at a press conference, look, we want to talk about the test match. We're not talking about um, my job. Well, look, you, to, to stop the press having a go at you or whatever, you've got to turn, turn around straight away and say, of course my job's on the line. If we're losing yeah. test matches, my job's on the line and so are some of the players. And it's not, it's not all, all on, on Foster. I mean, guys yeah. like Broden, Bowden Barrett haven't, haven't really, to me, he's been a fantastic player, but he hasn't really turned up the last couple of tests. And, and guys like him should get on and say, hey, look, it, it is the players as well. You know, mm. you, you notice that the, the Irish got two intercepts from, from um, uh, the halfback, um, our halfback Aaron Smith passing the ball because they read that he was trying to go wide, which is a good idea to try to get the ball wider to get them, you know, but you've got to vary that. So they picked that up and got two intercepts and got the ball back. And then when we were down to, they were down to 14 men, what did we do? We kicked the ball away. So that gives them two minutes probably to hang on to the football out of the 10 minutes the guy's in the bin. And, and they, that's what they did. They hung on to the ball. Now, now, don't get me wrong. The Irish played very, very well, and they deserved to win the series. No two ways about that. Um, but when you've got guys like, uh, and I'm not, I'm not knocking Cam Kane at all, but he is not at the moment the best number seven in New Zealand. We all know that. He knows that. He should possibly stand up and say, hey, boys, I don't want to be captain. I want to concentrate on my game, and, and I want to hand over the captaincy to someone else. Now, and, and that gets a lot of pressure off, off everybody. But at the moment, they're, they're not being transparent at all. Not at all. I like that, Louis. Uh, Joey. Absolute passion. I, I touched on that just before we went to the break. Uh, Sammy Kane, I think, mate, just passing the baton on, giving it to someone else who I think Sam Whitelock would be a perfect guy to give him the reins and, and take the leadership. I think he'll do wonders for his game. At the moment, he is stressed out. He's got so much on his plate, and he's losing... Uh, his ability to play the game. And, and for the latter, for the wide pass, look, I think my my personal view, those those players are doing that because they've been coached to do that. They've been coached to hit that wide uh, that wide position. Aerosmith's been told we want to play wide, we want to hit that third defender. It worked in the first test, and I spoke about the second test when we did it. They, made adap- they adapted to it, Ireland. We needed a plan B. Well, I didn't see plan B again. So what are they doing during the week to, to nullify that and to give them different options because they saw what Ireland did. Ireland read it because they knew they'd go there again. So at the moment, they're getting coached to do that. They're getting coached. only reason I can see them kicking around halfway is, is the coach is saying, get it, get it down there or make it a 50-50 contest. If we don't get to halfway, let's kick it. I've been coached by teams. When, when you're playing and you're on counter-attack, if you don't make it to the 40 or halfway, kick it. Get us out of our own zone, put the pressure back on them. So... This is a player, um, obviously player take a lot of um, accountability for, for what's been played out there, but they are getting coached and they're getting told uh, what they need to do in certain positions. Mm. 
Uh, a couple of points here. Um, Quinn's come through, and he seems to think that, or Jeff Wilson mentioned that it was a scheduling error as Foster and Kane had to facilitate the press after the game. Yeah, Quinn, interesting. As far as my experience, they have always wrapped with a press conference at the end of a series. Uh, whether that's a Sunday or what have you. I don't think that was unusual, and I think the press was expecting that. The kicking is a really interesting one, Izzy. Uh, you did a lot of kicking. You were used as a weapon like Geordie Barrett is from fullback. I think that New Zealand, rugby in New Zealand has actually kicked poor, We've kicked poorly with a variation of teams for a couple of years now. Mm. Um, I think for a long time we were a counter-attacking national team and we used to try and play with the ball in hand and now we might be stuck in two minds about where we want to be playing on the field. Did you, does that resonate with you? Are you kind of picking up like it's just been a bit off? Yeah, look, kicking is a huge part of the game. You can't just run everything. Like You, you run it from your own end, you're going to get punished, you're going to get turned over and you're going to be put under so much pressure. Pressing, pr- uh, kicking is a huge part of the game, it's, but it's the way we're kicking. At the moment, we're kicking it too long. Opposition teams are great in the air, so they're getting up, they're getting the ball back. And Kemp, you spoke about it before with the line, uh, with the rush defence. Another way to nullify that too is just a little dink over. You know, when that defence is rushing out of line, put a little chip kick over, make them turn around. You know, when you're going forward, it takes them another three seconds to turn around and go backwards. That's another way to do it. But at the moment, you, you're right, uh, Louis. Like, the kicking hasn't been on the money. We're kicking it too long. We're giving, gifting the ball back. We're not putting them under pressure. Like, it's, done, it's worked for us wonders over the last couple of years. But at the moment, we're just not kicking well enough. And it's just feeding the beast, which is the island's beast, of holding on to the ball and building pressure. Kempi, there's one here for you. Uh, that review was meant to happen after we lost to France. If we don't get Razor and we're going to keep flogging a dead horse, moving the existing coaches, coaching pieces around won't be a future-focused move. That's from Nick P. Yeah, look, what I'll say about a review is a review is a really good thing to do um, post any series, okay? So what, if we don't review it and we don't work through like SWOT analysis and work out what needs to strengthen and what our weaknesses are, then we're actually not moving forward at all. But but it's not the review that is the is the um, most important thing. Is the action to come out of the back of the review when things need to change. Now, I, I love our listeners and especially those ones that ring in and all of our texters that come on here. Everyone can see it. That's my point. Everyone can see what's going on. They've seen it from a long time ago because they got a chance to play Ireland up there last year. So we didn't see any changes. The review needs to identify that and find a way forward. And Mark Robinson needs to say, I need to make these decisions because we're going to a World Cup. That's why it's good to have a review. Do it right now, this week. Don't wait. Do it now. Yeah. Kempi, the writing's been on the wall. You can actually trace it back. Um, We lost to Argentina. You can trace it back to the World Cup semi-final, and there was a coaching change there, but it wasn't necessarily a reset. Is there a message here? We have stagnated since 2017 in the World Cup (laughs) at the when the world caught up. I believe this coincided with Wayne Smith and his innovation. Is he? How did the combination of coaches' strengths and weaknesses work in your time? That's JJ, and you have spoken about this a lot. But an innovator as a coach, not necessarily a head coach, but someone like a Tony Brown or a Wayne Smith to come into a, a, a unit and add something different, how crucial is that to keep the players fresh? Oh, mate, it, it does wonders for you. As, as a player, like when when, uh, when Leon McDonald came to the Crusaders, mate, it was so refreshing because I've done the same thing. I've done the same thing defensively, attack, everything was the same for like, I don't know, eight or nine years. So when you get someone in and comes in and he makes you think, 
gets the brain moving and gets you, and then you start asking questions. Why? How does that work? What? Why is that going to work? And then you go out and you do it, and it works. And you're like, wow, that's that's why it works because you know he's seen something, he's innovative. So, mate, it's refreshing. And at the moment, there's look honestly, there has been some faces in, in that team that that's been in there for a very very long time. Very long time, and they are wonderful people. I've got a lot of time for them, but you know, some new faces, some new voices, some new ideas could do the All Blacks absolute wonders at the moment. Um, you know, someone that brings in different thought processes. We 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 need to keep innovating. We need to keep innovating. We need to keep looking forward to to give New Zealand because as a past player, as a past player, and and I know there'd be plenty of past All Blacks out there that have you know put in a ton of effort, a ton of blood and sweat. 1,200 of them, in fact, over 100 years of history. Seeing what's uh, been displayed at the moment, they'll be heartbroken. They'll be heartbroken, you know. Like, 100 years, we've lost, uh, never lost for Ireland. And then we go out there in 2016, we we gift that, yet one, we can deal with one. But at the moment, they're pulling the wool over us. Argentina, never lost them. We're going to go to on the India tour at the end of the year. We're going to play Scotland. We're going to play Wales. We've never lost them. You know, is that going to... If that happens, what do we do there? Like, we just... We're making these opposition teams believe, and they're getting that belief back. Whereas gone before, these teams were nervous. These teams were like, "Wow, what are we going to face here?" You know, they went in with that doubt in their mind. At the moment, they're going with confidence that they can beat the All Blacks on any day. And I don't like that. <laughs> no, neither do we. Is he? We should go for Eddie Jones as coach. He seems to be a good fix-it coach. <laughs> Come on. Ah, now you're having us on. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.